Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. There's a whole lot that I still feel we can learn from the subject. But uh, you see how the Lord leads us. But I want to continue. And I feel that what we're going to learn this morning is... Is, is a vital link that is missing in the faith life of people. And uh, if you get it, it will do you good. Let's pray. Let's get into the word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together, faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word in Jesus' mighty name. We start on um, Sunday, last Sunday, on the source of faith, right? And we said that faith, Romans chapter, let's go there now, Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. Let's go to Romans 10, 17. Praise the name of the Lord. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. How many of you listened again to the messages? Did you, did you go through the messages again? Alright. I don't want to look at you. I'm assuming that everybody's raising their hand. So, did you go through the messages again? Go through the messages again. Uh, there are things in the message that you will think you heard that you need to rehear. Are you following that? You know, one day I was in the office and uh, they were playing a particular message. I thought, you know, I was in my office, but I was overhearing a message and uh, it was blessing me. But I taught it and I heard some things again that blessed me again, even though I taught the message. So uh, the messages are given to you free. Your, the only price is the price of desire. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When you're washing, put the message on. Let it play. You would hear words that would help you. So it says, faith comes from hearing. And hearing by the word of Christ or the word of God. Now, I want to look at something very fundamental. I just pray God helps me. The concept of hearing... Now, we're going to spend some time on that because that's where people miss it. If you don't hear properly, you will not have faith. Okay? Now, in Romans 1.16, the scripture says the gospel of God is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Romans 1.16. Now, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. The word salvation there esoteria, it means complete deliverance, it means healing, it means preservation. 
That means when you hear the true gospel, these are the results that you will get. You will get freedom. You get salvation. You get healing. You get deliverance. Praise the name of the Lord. The gospel of God is the power of God unto salvation. Where true gospel is taught, faith is present. Where the true gospel is taught, faith is present. I said Romans 1.16. Alright? Where the true gospel is taught, faith is present. Let me tell you this. You cannot hear the gospel being taught and you live in fear of the devils. You didn't hear the, you didn't hear the right gospel. You cannot hear the gospel being taught and you are afraid of the future. You haven't heard the right gospel. Where the gospel of God is taught, it is the power of God unto salvation. You see, sadly, Many people hear messages in churches that dampen their faith, not build their faith. Many people hear messages that makes the devil so powerful and make God powerless. You know, that's why sometimes we don't feel that something is a testimony except we paint it at the backdrop of what the devil is doing. You know, because ah, the devil, it has not been easy in my life. Oh, the devil dragged me here. He dragged me here. I say I will not go. And Jesus just came and rescued me. So it's always, our life is always... You know, the devil is the one walking over time. God is walking just a bit. Do you understand? If you listen to a lot of believers, it's a sad tale of how much victory the devil has gained. Ah, my life is just scattered. Ah, the devil said, will not let me rest. I say, God, you will have to help me. It, it, it's a sad tale of the advancement of the gospel. In fact, I feel that the Lord will be ashamed of a lot of believers because it's almost like a defeated foe is having the field day in our life. So you're moving from one sickness to another, from one sickness to another. You know, by the time you get well, all your money is scattered. And you see people, you see believers after 10 years running for deliverance. Say it's near success syndrome. See, every time I want to be succeeding, something will happen. Who taught you that? A pastor taught you that there is a spirit called near success syndrome. So you heard it and heard it and heard it until you believed it. Because believing is in the heart. And now because you've believed it so long in your heart, you started confessing it. And since you started confessing it, the law says whatever you believe and say, you will have. Oh, there's something in my family that's every. I mean, how do you? Why do you learn that? How do you go and sit down in church and you're taught about devils and how powerful the devil is? Unless even agree, they now deliver you. Then you go for deliverance every month. I mean, if you if you're delivered, the scripture says that if I mean the devils come out of a place and it's clean, it goes back find out the place is clean. It brings several more wicked spirits. So if, you're, if you go to a deliverance ministry and you are not taught the word of God, your life will be worse. So it's better you're, you're with one devil. Really good that you only have one demon. You know you have one demon. And ensure that before that demon leaves, you're going to sit under the word. Because seven more wicked demons, listen, listen, Seven more wicked demons are going to come. That is why a lot of people who go to deliverance ministry, you see that their life actually get worse. I know you don't. Some of you do. 
Because until you fall down and throw up, you don't think the power of God is present. You know, until everywhere is scattered, people are throwing up, and then somebody's talking, and all of us now, as, as matured as we are, as well dressed that we are, we now all sit down and watch one devil telling us how he entered somebody. That is church for some of us. Ignorance on steroid. Hmm? So we'll call somebody out now. Say, who are you? Hey, I'm Janlo. When did you enter? 1972. Then you, you, you left your house this morning well dressed to come and watch that show. And in such churches, they'll keep you for hours. See, I'm praying as I go to church today, let the man of God see my case. If you don't hear, listen, if you don't hear the right gospel, you will never have faith. In fact, you will never have faith in what Jesus has done. All your life, you will live in fear. You will be in church, but there will be no faith. I, and and that's, the, that's, the, that's the problem. That there are believers who's got no faith. Why is it that today believers don't have a problem going to the harbor list? They've got more faith in the harbor list. Because all the testimonies they heard in church was what the Abbalists did to somebody and God managed to rescue them. Then it now looked like the way God is managing to rescue people, if the Abbalists can do that, let's go. Are you following what I'm saying? I know you might feel like I don't know what Pastor is talking about. Some of you know that you have no faith in God. If they bring somebody here now and keep telling you stories, ah, this particular issue, this person has dealt with it. He has dealt with it. has dealt with it. Then the person will now, is a believer, he will now carry you. Say, even the Bible says, the leaves are for the healing of the nations. He's quoting Bible to you. He says, it's true. It's true. He now use Bible to now be doing medicine for you. Show you scriptures. An unbeliever is now teaching you the Bible. You say, oh, I've never seen that before. The leaves are for the healing of the nation. The leaves. Then you now ask you, who created the leaves? You say, God. You say, eh. what are we doing? You say, we're just gathering what God created. Are we doing? You say, no. You say, hmm. I've never seen it. All the revelation you get are in unbelief. Let me tell you something. Get to the point in your life where you are absolutely convinced that God is able. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Not just that God is able, that God is willing to work on your behalf. That there are certain things you will not consider in your life. That this issue, oh no, I won't consider it. Are you following what I'm saying? When we got married, we, we didn't have resources. We really didn't have a chair in our house when we got married. There was no chair at that time. And then my dad said, oh, there's some extra chairs in church. We could, I could take them and then when we have chairs, I can return them. So I said, no. You know, we're putting our faith for chairs and I was not going to take a substitute. And I said, no. We got chairs. You see, every time you short-circuit your faith, you haven't grown. You haven't trained it. 
I'm, I'm not teaching you faith from, that, from books that I read. This is how I have lived. This is how we have lived. This is how we're training our children to live. And it will take time. Because what we just feel, and that's what I'm going to show this morning, what we just feel is that once somebody just believes, it doesn't happen. Say, ah. Then we're looking for the next anointing oil. We're looking for the next miracle seed. We're looking, and that's how we've turned Christianity to, it's just, it's just shambolic. It's a shame. What people even suffer in the name of deliverance. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Proverbs 4, 20 to 23 says, Above all, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Right? Guard your heart. That's where we stopped on Sunday. Guard your heart. Above everything, guard your heart. Be careful what message you hear. Be careful what you feed your eyes on. Be careful what comes into your heart. Be careful. Be careful. Don't expose your heart to all kinds of information and expect to have faith. There are some news that are bad news to your heart. And the funny thing is that instead of taking time to feed on the word of God, a lot of people feed on trash and expect to have faith. And that's why a lot of people sometimes get into that emergency mood. And as I tell some people, when you're in emergency mood, (laughs) just... Look for someone to agree with you and just pray for you. If you're sick, take medicine. Don't practice with your life. You've never had faith for anything until you went into emergency. Eh? You've never heard God. It's when you want to marry and asking God, who will you marry? You will hear the wrong person. You've ne- How do you know God's voice? Many people live their life to the point of emergency. Then they start to generate faith that has never been there. You know, we won't have the time, but I want to talk about Mark eleven twenty three today. But you realize, and I've said it before in one of our faith teachings, when Jesus cursed that fig tree, do you realize that Jesus did not muster the curses? Yeah? Jesus just said, no man will eat, tree from, no man will eat fruit from there anymore. And that was it. He did not say, okay, I want to pray. You know that's how we do when we want to declare. We say, no, don't, I don't want to take this prayer. I don't want to rush this prayer. We are trying to generate. You see, when you have lived a light of faith, your casual words will carry power. And that's why one of the, one of the things that faith does to you is that as you, as you keep building, you will not joke with your words any longer. You will not have, I'm just joking. No. You will, you will know that from the abundance of your heart, your mouth is speaking and you will have what you say. You'll be careful with your words. Faith is not mustard. It's not generated. You don't wind it up. (laughs) And how does faith come? By the hearing of God's word. Now, faith begins where the will of God is known. And this is where I want to pick up. Faith begins where the will of God is known. So let me give you an example. There are two words in the Bible used for word. W-O-R-O-D. Right? There are two words used for word. The, the first word, the first Greek word used for word is logos. The second Greek word used for word is rema. 
So there are two Greek words, okay? Logos and Rema. Now, people have all kinds of definition about what Logos and Rema is, but I'll give you a very simple one that can help your faith. Now, Logos is the written word of God, the complete word of God. Logos is the written word of God, the complete word of God, all right? We would say Rema is the spoken word of God. Now, you have to be careful about that because it's not like... um, Every time God speaks, that's, that's Rema because there are certain places in the Bible where God spoke and Logos is used. But let me give you this example. And then we'll read scriptures. Let me give you this example. Logos is like a well. Alright? How many of you know well? Is there any other name for well? Hole with water. Okay. So Logos is like a well. We know what a well is, right? Rema is like when you take a bucket and fish from that well. Right? Now, the water in the well and the water in the bucket, they are the same thing, right? Are you here? Okay. But that bucket now is smaller and specific to you. So if you ever lived in the village, you can have like four people fetching water at the same time. Pay attention to the example, right? Yeah? So, did you ever fetch water? Yeah, the example is looking strange. I don't know how to use tap. Tap won't work for me. Alright? So, there are four people around the well fetching water. Right? But we are all fetching the same water from the well. That is the logos. Right? But if I fetch my own water, that is specific for my buckets. Do you get? Now, if I fetch in my bucket and you fetch in your bucket, if you carry my bucket, I can fight you, uh, example, but I can fight you for taking my water. But is it actually my water? (laughs) Don't be quick to answer. Is it actually my water? Is it actually my water? It, eh? Who said no? Raise your hand. Okay. Now, now, this is the point. This is the point. The water is not actually my own in a sense because we all took it from the well. But it is my own in a sense because it is in my bucket. So because if I now fight you over that bucket, if somebody comes to judge the case, they will say, ah, it is his water. But you can also just win the case by saying, come on, this guy does not have water. It is water from the well. Do you get it? This is what I'm trying to say. This is the Bible. It is the well. It is the scripture you fetch that God reveals to you that is your scripture. So we all go to the Bible. We all get Bible is the well. You carry your fishing bucket. I carry my fishing bucket. We carry our case, which is the problem. It is what is the rema to you that you can believe God for. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So until you hear that rema, you don't have something to base your faith on. That's the summary of the message. So let's build. Because the challenge is people just take scriptures and are just like, I believe this. No, it has to be revealed. That is why you will realize this. Listen carefully. That's why you realize that 
if this brother needs healing, a particular scripture brings healing to him. And this other person with the same disease will say, oh, I saw this scripture and I just got light from it and I got healing. Now, the whole of the word of God can be believed. But what will activate faith in your life is that specific word. That is why I'm trying to summarize the message. I'm going to build it on scriptures. That is why you discover that if you do not fellowship with the word, you cannot have faith. And you see that some people, when they show you the scripture that God gives to them, on what they are believing for, you'll be amazed. Are, are you following? That becomes what? The word you have heard. That becomes your faith. Now, like I said, I'm summarizing the scripture. We'll now go back and summarizing the message. We'll go back and build on it. That is it, right? So, many people don't want to spend the time to hear the word. Why do we read the word? Why do we study the word? As you're studying the word, you are giving God room for him to pick a particular scripture and show to you. So faith is not just mechanical. It's not just a... No, it's, it's, faith is born out of a relationship. So let's read scriptures quickly. Let's look at Logos. Matthew 7, 24. But do you, do you understand the, the example? Alright. Matthew 7, 24 says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings, the word there, sayings, is Logos, of mine, and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. So, building on the word of God is building on the rock. Mark 4.14, just write. Okay, I've given you the example, so just write. I'm giving you scriptures to prove what I've said. The sower sows the word, logos. The sower sows the word, that's logos. The, the sower sows the word, the word there is logos. Luke 5.1, so it was, as the multitude pressed about to hear the word, logos of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. That word there is logos. So, just word, written word, general word. Now, let's look at Rema. Rema, Mark 14, 72. A second time, the roaster crowed. This was when Peter denied Jesus. Then Peter called to mind the word. That's Rema, that Jesus said to him. Peter remembered that Jesus said to him, you will deny me. It was a specific word to him. Okay, it was a specific word to him. That's Rema. Luke 3 2. While Annas and Sapphires were high priests, the word of God came to John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. That word there, the word of God, is Rema. Is Rema. John 14 10. Do you not believe that I'm, I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words, Rema, the words. That I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the work. So, Logos is the written word. I can take any portion of scripture and stand on it. But faith is better when there is a revealed word. Where there is a specific word. So what's the deal here? The deal is I stay on the written word. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. There are certain things in the word of God that is already established. Like your healing is established. Okay? Now, let's say you want to marry. Marriage is established. 
Do we agree marriage is established? Those of you here, are you in church? You are not agreeing to anything we are saying this morning. Do you agree marriage is established? Thank you. Now, who to marry? What verse is it? I mean, if you want to look at the women in the Bible, they were already married. You can't go and marry Naomi. Right? So now, do you see where Rema is going to come now? Marriage is logos. But how to now get that direction on who to marry or what your marriage will be built on will now be the revealed word. So somebody might be trusting God and light comes on the scripture. It's not good for man to be alone. Light just comes. It, 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 faith just comes on that scripture for you. It becomes a rema word. That becomes what you're using to activate that marriage process. Now God has spoken to you. It's not something you conjure in your mind. It's not you're just you're not just pulling scriptures everywhere. You can take a whole lot of scriptures, right? You can take a whole lot of scriptures on a particular subject, but as you meditate on them, light will be revealed on a particular on a particular subject. And that's why you realize that sometimes some scriptures you have read times and times without number, as you study them on a particular issue, light will just come. See, that light is the substance of it. And that's why nobody can do it for you. That's why nobody can do it for you. There are scriptures that my life is anchored on. That I just, you know, one of my, one of my mentors, when he was moving to a particular city, the Lord gave him a scripture that, you know, was like a source of prosperity and provision for him. He has taught on that scripture many times. I've read that scripture many times. You know, when I'm trusting God for prosperity, that scripture does not come to my mind. You know why? It's not revealed in the way he saw it. In the way he saw it. It's not revealed to me that way. So this is the labor of faith that a lot of people don't want. So when people are believing God for something, this is what happens. They just carry a lot of scriptures. Eh? And then they start pacing the floor. They start confessing. They start declaring. It's a good way to start. But the easiest way to go about this is get those scriptures and start meditating on them. And confessing. And start meditating. And confessing. And start out of all those scriptures, one will just be a reality in your spirit. And every time an issue comes back, that word becomes the anchor for your soul. That's, that's the foundation for what you're building. So faith is not just standing up. I believe God. It will be well. It will be well. What are you believing God? He says, say, say to the righteous, it will be well. That's well. Where's your own water that you have drawn? And that is why you see that you cannot stand on somebody else's faith. Are you following this? And I'm going to show you from the Old and the New Testament. Go to Luke chapter 1 verse 45. Let me show you a typical story. We quote this scripture all the time. Luke 1 45. But we miss the context of it. Now Luke 1 45. Come with me quickly. Verse 5 says, And blessed is she who believed that there will be what? Hey, come on, church. Let's read together. I want to go. And blessed is she who believed that there will be what? A fulfillment of what had been spoken to who? To her by the Lord. What will the Lord fulfill? 
The word that was spoken to her. Now, what is Logos? Logos is Isaiah. A virgin shall conceive. That's Logos. But there are many virgins in Israel. Right? Then the angel now appears and tells Mary, you are highly favored among women. That means from the well of a virgin shall conceive. She has drawn her own water. That now becomes the, listen, listen carefully, that becomes the basis of her faith. So that when, when Joseph now came and said, what's happening? Your face is changing. Say, I'm pregnant. Joseph said, who is responsible? Say, Holy Spirit. And there's nowhere in history it's not that Holy Spirit gave birth in Genesis before I ran to heaven and we have been looking for him. Do you understand that? There is nowhere in history where Holy Spirit has overshadowed a woman. Not in history, not in life. Listen to this. Because if you understand what I'm teaching you today, God will birth things in your life that has never happened before. And that is how it happens. Do you understand this? So it's not about your family history. Forget your family history is nothing in the sight of God. If God wants to do stuff in your life. Forget about where you are coming from. Forget about, oh, it has never happened to anybody before. Mm -mm. God doesn't need something to happen to people before he does it in your life. You see, the reason we are always looking for things that have happened to people before is because we don't have faith. So we are always looking. And then you now hear things like, if God has done it for your neighbor, he's in your neighborhood. I mean, what's kind of, what's kind of callous statement? Do you understand what I'm saying? Because nobody's believing God for the impossible. So we're just looking for, oh, God gave this man a car and he will still give me. Do you understand? It's that life of comparison which is foolishness. God might have given this man a car, but God wants you to own a car factory. If you put any man's faith as your faith, you limit the possibilities of God in your life. You can be inspired, but don't be limited. Now, here's where I'm going with this now. Pay attention to this. Because it was God that gave her that word, when Joseph thought of putting her aside, what happened? What, what happened? God appeared to Joseph and said, no, you can't. Do you think if God had not given Mary that word and Joseph wanted to do that, what would have happened? God wouldn't do anything because God was not responsible. You see, most times we are venturing into things we call faith, but it is presumption. It is what God has said that he would defend. Let me tell you, even as a ministry, when we go through crises or things happen in this ministry, right? Even before I speak in tongues, the first thing I say in prayer is, God, you know you sent us here. That is, no, listen to me. The confidence that I have to stay on this island is the fact that he sent me. That is the Rema word. It's not like we're looking for branch expansion. We now look where, 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 Bonnie, when you go that way, hmm? when crisis comes, and you say, Lord, you say, where are you? You say, I'm in Bonnie. You say, no, I, I, you were supposed to be worried. What are you doing there? Do you understand? So for the believer, listen, for the believer, you have to find that anchor for every decision of your life. It says, what was spoken to her 
is what will be fulfilled. It's not just random ambition, selfish ambition. You know, just uh, you can be anything you want to be. You can be anything you want to be. It's not point and kill. Some of you don't know what that is. Forget. But those of you who are born of the Spirit, you know, you know what point and kill is, right? It's not just random. Do you understand that? It's fellowshipping with the Lord until that rhema word pops up. And how do you do that? You do it with... Now, what happens is this. Let me give you this. Right? Everything God speaks to you must now be in context of the word. Why the logos is important is that the logos sets the parameters for rhema. Do you understand? So you cannot now go and take buckets and fetch from Bonnie River and bring and say, oh no, that water is salty. That is not within. So anything you hear that you call Rema must be subjected to the Logos. So it cannot, do you understand that now? So you cannot say, I got Rema to believe for somebody's wife who is already married. That, you, you understand that? Because you cannot say Rema, it hits me very strong. No, it's the devil hitting your chest. Because within the parameters of the written word, we don't so it is the well that defines where that water is coming from. Just, so the good thing with the logos is if you spend time with the logos, God will be able to see things in your heart to pull Rema from. So when you're going through a crisis, a story from the Bible just comes, hits you strong. You're going through a tough time. You're going through a tough time. And then the story of Joseph just comes. It hits you strong. And that phrase stands up for you. And the Lord was with him. You just tell people, I will come out of this crisis. And in the natural, in the natural, there is no way you will come out of that crisis. Listen, there was nobody that could write the history of Joseph like that. That Potiphar sent you to prison. You know in those days, it's not democracy. That Potiphar sent you to prison for attempted rape on his wife. Nobody can bail you. Outside of the diligence of Joseph, I'm also sure that's why they made him the head because there was nowhere he was going to. It's not you were sentenced for 11 years. It's like you want to rape the vice president's wife. It's that sentence. Are you following what I'm saying? But the Lord was with him. And he came out from there and became a prime minister. Only faith can cause that to happen. So maybe you are wrongly accused in your work. Maybe something is happening in your office. And all of a sudden, that story pops up. That verse pops up. And everybody says, this case, the manager is on it. You are coming down. And you say, listen, I'm not coming down. That is when, when you now say, when men say there's a casting down, I'll say there's a lifting up. It now makes sense. You know where you are saying that lifting up from. You are not just quoting sticker that your pastor sold to you. You think when Job said, I know my redeemer liveth, it was his Sunday school topic. It, it, because of what he knew, that's what separated him from himself and the wife. Because crisis reveals your faith. Faith is not revealed when things are good. Are you hearing what I'm saying? For some of us, we don't even know if we have faith now. Life is too good. We don't even need faith for anything. You are eating well, you are drinking well, you are sleeping well. What are you using faith for? Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's when the doctor now look at you and say, this thing is incurable. You now say, man of God. <laughs> Pastor, sir, 
You know you are my, you are, you are my father in the Lord. That's where you now be looking. That's where you now be collecting. And see, when you don't have faith, that's where you now be collecting prayer from everywhere. And I say, ah, too much of prayer is not anybody that can pray. Say, who can pray? Say this one. And then it's at that point, people are tossed to and fro because they've never had a walk. So when you say, ah, I don't think this person can do this, forget it. You have not hit crisis. Oh, when you hit crisis, oh, when you hit crisis, suggestions will come. And if you have not been rooted and grounded, you'll be shaken. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, the scripture says, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? You think Jesus was joking? Have you not seen believers who, they feel that God is delaying their wealth process. They now join Yahoo. Then they now say, we will pay tithes. Because to them, tithes is uh, what you pay the mafia man to let you do what you want to do. Because there's no faith. <laughs> Let me show you this. Go to Joshua chapter 21, verse 45. Joshua 21, 45. It says, Not one of all the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Everyone was fulfilled. Joshua 21, verse 45. Not one word failed. Every single word. Not one of the good promises which the Lord has made to the house of Israel failed. All came to pass. Look at this. Not one of the word good promises. Now, pay attention to this. The word of God is God's promise to us. The Logos is God's promise. But how do you pick that revealed promise? You spend time on the promises. Has God promised you health? Yes. Has God promised you long life? Yes. You meditate on that until it becomes a revelation. And that's the work of faith. So when you say faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, you meditate on it until it becomes a revelation. It becomes revealed. It becomes rema. You're not forcing it. You know beyond the shadow of a doubt in your spirit. You believe in your heart that this is what God has told you. And that's why in the midst of crisis, you can hold on to that word and people in the natural don't think. They don't think. They don't think. They don't think that this thing will work. But you have gotten something that's an anchor of your soul. It's like many times I talk to people and people talk about this whole full-time ministry thing and bivocational thing and all of those things people talk about. You can't, you can't shake me out of full-time ministry. You can't. Let me tell you how deep that rema is to me. You know, when we finish service, I think I've said the story here many times and the Lord says, I'll have need of your certificate. And I went into full-time ministry. Let me tell you how, how convincing that was. When I talked to dad, you know, that I know this is what the Lord wanted me to do. And he said, I don't think the ministry can pay you. I think you should go and work. So I told him, like, if I don't work in this ministry, I will go to another ministry to work. But I have to work full time. That's the only reason I'm working in this ministry. Because left for my dad, because of what he went through in ministry, he didn't want his first son. That was, I'm the first son. He didn't want me to do ministry. In that sense. But it was too, it was too, it was too convincing. It's not that God speaks things to you and then they are subject to discussions. They are subject to what do you think? 
uh, will God heal me? Oh, if God has told you. Oh boy, I tell you. But that labor of meditation, that's where the issue is. the word of God in your heart when you don't need it. It will come out of your mouth when you need it. Spend time on the word. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Come and I say, praise the name of the Lord Jesus. The New Living Translation says, not a single one of all the good promises the Lord had given to the family of Israel was left unfulfilled. Everything he had spoken came true. Everything he had spoken came true. Everything he has spoken came true. Not one of the words. So the question I want to ask you is, on that issue you're dealing with, what has God said? What has God spoken? What has God revealed? Why? So sometimes people say, I'm going to fast, I'm going to fast, I wait to hear God. What they just do is that they now fast. They don't read Bible. They are just waiting for strange voices. Let me tell you, instead of fasting, I will recommend just be reading the word. Because you know, in that hunger, sometimes, you don't know what spirits is talking to you. Oh, yeah. You know, let me tell you something about fasting that you might not know. When you're fasting, your spirit is very light and sensitive. That's why even uh, other religious gurus and the rest they fast, it keeps you very sensitive so you're very open to the realm of the spirit That's what, fasting does not change God's mind it helps you to be more focused so you have to be careful when you're fasting that you have the word of God if not you are going to hear voices that will lead you to your destruction and that's why he says that some religious people are the most I don't know, but fast with care are you hearing what I'm saying? and if you don't have the written word when you now hear certain voices you will not be able to distinguish between which is true and which is right. And let me tell you this. Pay very close attention. This is where sometimes, even as ministers, we make doctrine out of certain things God has revealed to us. So maybe I'm going to pray for this brother and God says, oh, just anoint him with oil or take a bottle of oil. Then I use that and I pray for the brother. Then what happens? I come back tomorrow and take that Rema revelation and make a doctrine out of it. And what happens is I now build a whole denomination on something God showed me for an individual. And I teach it as a key to miracle. And that's where the problem is. I can show you in church history, Smith Wigglesworth. You know, he wasn't very educated. He was a plumber. His wife actually, you know, taught him the Bible. But God called him into ministry. And because of that, you know, the Lord used them, you know. Uh, there were certain times the Lord, people would come with cancer. And the Lord would tell him to punch the people. There was a particular lady, he punched so heavily the lady fell. And it was like the lady passed out. And people almost like, You've killed her. She said, No. He said, No. He's healed. He's healed. <laughs> After a while, the lady got up, cancer disappeared. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. 
anointing oil is safer. Because if you go and punch someone, do you understand? So we practice what is safe. Because if you say it is a method, try the punch. By the time you end up in the hospital, you know that there's a difference between Maxwell Logaga and Smith Wiggles what? Do you understand that? Because it's not revealed. Do you understand what I'm saying? So certain times, listen carefully, God might tell you, close your account. Throw everything away. And you do that and you get a miracle. And you come here and you share the testimony. Then somebody who just has maybe 50,000 in his account say, wow, this is how God is working. He now closes the account. After two years, he said, the, the thing is not working. No, God did not reveal that to you. God did not reveal that. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? What We're talking about the fundamentals of faith. Brother Hagin said one time, a minister came uh, to the Bible school and talked about how God, gave his, uh, how God told him to give his car. And, you know, people blessed him with cars. He said, most of the students gave their cars away. And he said, a lot of them graduated without having cars. There's no formula to this thing. It is relationship. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you following this? Let me give you two examples. Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. And verse 22. Pay very close attention here. Matthew 14, 22. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he sent the crowds away. After he had sent the crowds away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray and when it was evening, he was there alone. But the boat was already a long distance from the land, battered by the waves for the wind was contrary. Remember, God said go to the other side. But the winds were contrary. Let me tell you, and don't ever forget this, that you are a man of faith does not mean you will not have problems. That, listen, that you are in the will of God does not mean problems will not come. Problems are not a sign that you are not in the will of God. Sometimes they are a sign that you are in the will of God. So people feel, if I'm doing what God asked me to do, why are there challenges? Because the devil doesn't want you to get the will done. Come on, is somebody here? You know, we've taught a theology that when people have problems, something is wrong with them. That's why you are tracing the, the altar in your father's house. But it was Jesus that sent them. Was it the altar in their Let me tell you the truth. You, do you think if it was today, you were crossing the distance and then contrary waves came, would you think that, will anybody agree that Jesus sent you? Problems are part of life. Our victory is faith. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You can be a very good Christian and have challenges. It does not mean anything is wrong with you. You make up your mind that you will use your faith for victory. Praise God. Now see what he says. But the boat was already a long distance from the land, battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary. And the enemy knows when to set up trouble. The boat was not close to the land. I just say, guys, come down, come down, come. It was very far. You know, when I read this story before, I just read it theoretically. 
until I had an experience. That's why I stopped using the local boat. You know, I had traveled that time. I went to the jetty. They said, no book. I just got angry. You see, that's why some anger does not work out the righteousness of God. I just got angry. I said, what is it? I let them take their boats. I just followed some guys to the local boat. Then, my family was not here. I just started the church. Then we got to that Peterside area. Everything was going well. <laughs> and, uh, boy, we hit this terrible, we hit these terrible waves. That's when I started respecting Peter. This verse, the rema of this verse came. We hit this, I mean, it was terrible. One woman has started singing some Igbo songs. You know songs they sing in funeral. She was just, you know when somebody's singing lifeless, she was just singing and just singing. They have asked some people to go to the front of the boat. Some people were already whistling to some sheep, calling, ah, God. You know, engine stopped something. So I just like God. So I remembered my, my wife. And I, I, and I remembered, I said, God, no, this can't be. But you sent me here. So I, I told the guy, I said, what can we do now? He said, if the engine starts, it will be good for us. So I said, start it in Jesus' name. He started it. The engine picked back. Then we made it to Bonnie. Then people were... Now, how I knew that experience was traumatic for me was that people were asking me, are you a pastor? I could not answer anybody. <laughs> it was Tunji that came to pick me. So Tunji just came. He said, ah, Emoji, how are you? I didn't answer Tunji. I just pointed my bag. He carried my bag. I went in to the diary. I, I, I had a shower. Then I went to sleep. It was when I woke up from the sleep, I now knew that, okay, I was alive. Because... When I woke up, I'm telling you, I didn't talk to any, it was that bad. When I now saw this scripture, listen, there is nothing, I have faith, but there is nothing that will make me enter look about. Do you understand what I'm saying? Um, do, do you understand? There is nothing, there, there is nothing, that there is an emergency, listen to me, the emergency will wait for space. But there are people who they will just go in, come out, go in. My faith, all the faith I have for that river, I used everything that day. <laughs> so what I'm trying to say is this. This one that you have faith, you have faith, you have not hit crisis. It is crisis that will reveal what you have. But you know what? Thank God I built some level of faith up until that day. Thank God that that day I was not calling my grandmother or my grandmother. Do you understand? You know, do you get what I'm saying? So this was what happened. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. And Jesus was not helping matters. There is waves, people are in the middle of the sea. Then you now choose to walk on water. You know you will die before your time. Imagine that kind of crisis. You now see somebody just walking on water to you. In your mind, you just tell yourself, this is the spirit that I've come to collect all us. <laughs> Strange stuff. Strange stuff. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. Twelve men that Jesus, Jesus chose have given them power over unclean spirits. They cried out in fear. You know what I'm trying to tell you? Listen, no matter how much of a faith giant you are, there are certain situations that will stir fear in your heart. Don't think you have lost everything. That's time to get back to the word. These guys were crying out in fear. And I can imagine Thomas. See, I, and they told me, 
not to follow this. Oh, they told me. <laughs> they told me. Oh, they told me. Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus of Nazareth. And they warned me. Do you know that when you are in crisis, that's when you remember all the advice people give to you? Do you remember, you know, if you are having marital crisis, that's when you remember your uncle that said, I don't like this girl. I mean, they, listen, listen to me. The devil will bring every contrary thing to seep the last faith out of you. you. Do you understand what I'm saying? You now remember people who died from that sickness. You now remember... That's why any crisis you are in, you are careful who you talk to because the devil will make sure he gathers unbelievers around you to aid your death. Every newspaper article you, you see, you just see people dying. Remember when COVID came? Okay, for some of you, still here. You know COVID. Uh-huh. Because some of you like COVID more than Jesus. The way you protect the thing. Okay. What was happening? People were just dying, right? COVID dying, 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 dying. That fear was in the atmosphere. That fear was in the atmosphere. That's why when you're going through crisis, it's not time to listen to people who died from that disease. It's time to listen to people who were healed from it. Don't goggle more to, to know the danger. Is the devil pushing you to your death? Read healing scriptures. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Feed your faith. Now see what happened. Let's go quickly because I have to close early. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Now, let's go back to my example. Everybody look up. Let's go back to my example. What is the well in this story? The first verse that we read, verse 22. He had already told them, do what? Go over to the other side. Does that cover everybody on that boat? Now, crisis came. What happened again? A rhema word came. Now, let's go. It, it now gets personalized. Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. What is Peter looking for right now? The rhema word. But don't forget, was it not the Lord who told them in the first place they should cross over to the other side? Yes, that's the general word. That's the logos. You can actually cross with that logos. But now there's a rhema word. And he said, come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. What did Peter walk on? Peter did not walk on the water. Peter walked on the word that Jesus told him. That was the substance. Remember what I said? That if you have faith, God will do in your life what he has never done with anybody. Up until that time, no man had walked on water. Imagine Peter stepping on the water and walking on the water. What was Peter walking on? If you ask Peter, why are you walking on water? He would not say, I learned it. He would say, Jesus told me to come. What has God told you about your life? Now, this is where people miss it. Read on. But seeing the wind, he took his eyes off Jesus and started looking at the wind. He became frightened and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. It's not faith matter. Jesus. (laughs) Do you understand that? Now, this is very important. Go back and study this scripture. He saw something. That thing he saw did not leave him the same. It brought fear. And immediately fear entered, he began to sink. Do you remember what I told you the first time we started this series? That where there is light, there is darkness. Where there is the law of lift, there is the law of gravity. 
Listen to me. As you are seated here, fear is still around you. The moment you move out of faith, fear gets in. It's not like, do you understand? So that's why sometimes you realize that sometimes you're in faith, sometimes you're in fear. Sometimes you're in faith, sometimes you're in fear. It's not that anything is wrong with you. You have to keep feeding on faith. That's why I shared my story before I started this, this message, this series with you. He saw the wind. And immediately he saw the wind. I can imagine what Peter was now remembering. People who died, he was a fisherman. So he understood that it was a dangerous wind. Huh? The enemy start bringing memory. <laughs> and funny enough, you know, I was saying of that, of the experience I had in local boats. You know, for some reason, I've heard stories about that Peter side area, Peter side area, Peter side. I've just heard stories. You know, sometimes all these stories come even when you don't want to hear them. So when I asked the person that, where are we? When he mentioned the place, I said, hey, 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 this is the zone. Do you understand? And you know, for some, for some reason, those stories just, whether they are scientifically proven or not, your mind just brings... Come on, how many of you have heard some of those stories? You understand what I'm saying? That's why constantly hearing negative stories does your faith no good. It might look like, hmm, okay, mm, mm. The day crisis comes, the devil also will go to that well of stored information and begin to give you, and give you evidence. Evidence. That now substantiates your fear. And then you begin to sink. So Jesus had to rescue him. And let me tell you, if not that Jesus was there, Peter would have died. And people will say, but he acted on the word of God. But you don't know that he took his eyes off the word and put it on the wind. That's why no matter what happens to any big man of God you respect, hold the Bible in high esteem. You don't know what they were believing when that happened. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God forbid, if you have heard maybe something happened to me, and I say, ah, but the man, ah, no knowing that I was already singing my funeral songs. See, <laughs> this life of faith is not something you keep on the shelf. When you get up in the morning, you feed your faith. You speak God's word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You constantly, constantly get it done. Alright. Immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said, you of little faith, why did you doubt? So he told, so Jesus tells us what made Peter begin to sink. What was it? Doubt. Simple. What makes believers feel is doubt. It's nothing. It's nothing. It's doubt. And how does doubt come? They feed their eyes on the wind. I can show you from the life of Abraham. We'll talk about it during the faith conference. He says he did not consider his own body. Because if he was considering his body, what will happen? He will not give birth. If you are trusting God for the fruit of the womb, one of the greatest things that will fight your faith is your monthly period. So every month you discover that your faith will rise. It made you see, hey, it not happen again. And then, you know, then you go for one week of discouragement. Then you put your faith again, and that's the thing. That evidence. That evidence. That evidence. And whatever you're trusting God for is like that. Those evidence will come. Those wind will come. But you stay in faith. You stay in faith. You tell yourself, God has told me. Oh, God has given me his word. I believe his word. Glory to the name of the Lord. I say glory to the name of the Lord. Now, two stories very quickly. I'll just give you because I want, to, I want us to close early. We have some things to do very quickly. Write this scripture down. First Samuel 38. 
and 2 Samuel 5, 24, when you go back, you study them. And the reason I'm, I'm, I'm giving you this is this. When David, 1 Samuel 30, verse 8, and 2 Samuel 5, 24, David asked the Lord, should I overtake? Will I recover? You know what the Lord said? The Lord said, overtake and recover. Rema word. Right? The second instance in 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 24, David says, should I pursue and overtake? God says, pursue and overtake, but wait. When you hear the sound of my movement in the mulberry trees, you know that I've gone before you. Then you can pursue. Now, two identical situations, but two different instructions. So, if David had said, ah, the last time I prayed, and God says I should overtake, pursue and overtake, and he started pursuing and overtake, they would have killed him. Because for the second instance, God said, hold on. When you see that I'm shaking the mulberry trees, that will be a sign that I've given you victory. At that time, you should. So why did I give you that example? Faith for victory comes from constant fellowship with God. Because what God wants you to do in this situation might not be what God wants you to do where? In the other situation. So if you go to John 15, 7, our last scripture. Do, do you understand this? Come on, are you with me? Understand this? The scripture God gave you to pray about a situation might not be the same scripture he will give you if that situation comes next year. And if you are not in faith, you are in presumption. John 15, 7. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. So, this is the key of faith. Let the word of God abide in you and then you abide in the word. That's when your faith can become active. What has God spoken to you? What is God speaking to you about that situation? What word are you? Have you fed enough on the word? You know, two years ago, the Lord gave me a scripture from Acts chapter 16 and said, begin to pray this about, the, about your ministry. And I read that scripture many times, read it many times. I didn't see that. And the Lord just revealed it to me. All right? And we began to pray, we began to pray, and we see God doing them. And then, I think after, after about two years, the Lord said, start praying the next verse. And I read the next verse, and light came and, I, and of course, before I started praying that scripture, I read all through the verse. It didn't make any meaning to me. You know, <laughs> I, I, was in, I was in a pastor's meeting in Accra, and I, and I, and I mentioned it, and I, and I said it. And, you know, one of my pastor's friends went, took the scripture, and read it, and read it. I said, but I'm not understanding what you're saying. I said, that's it. It's not revealed. I can't even explain it to you, but I know that some of the things happening to us in ministry today is from that scripture. And let me tell you something. When God reveals a particular scripture to you, mind that scripture. When I mean mind it, is dig around it. Believe it. Pray it. It can take you for years. God doesn't have to show you one new scripture every day. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You don't have to, oh, okay, God show me. No, 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 no. Except he, he, he decides to. But if God gave you a verse of scripture for your marriage, that verse of scripture will lead your marriage. If you give you a scripture for your children, and the Lord say, oh, will the Lord give you scripture for everything? If you fellowship with him long enough, he will. And if he doesn't even give you a scripture, he might give you a word. He might give you a revelation. 
in your spirit you know beyond the shadow of a doubt. Saints, we have a great destiny in God if we fellowship with him. One of the areas of my life that I'm never perturbed is in the area of provision. Never perturbed. Because that was one of the strongest things I needed to break into to get into full-time ministry. I spent time on books. Spent time on books. Read books. Read scripture. Until the assurance of God's provision is so strong in my life. It's not a prayer point. Just such an assurance. Such an assurance. And if there's any area of your life right now where you're struggling with faith, take this step. Get scriptures around that area and meditate on it. You're struggling with sin? Get scriptures on who you are in Christ. Keep feeding, keep feeding, keep feeding, keep feeding, keep feeding. The reality of it will dawn on you. It is that labor that many people don't want to put in. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? Faith comes by hearing. So this is a fundamental. This is a fundamental. It's just like when Isaac wanted to move to Egypt. When there was famine in the land. What did God tell him? So he stayed in the land. And he planted. You know, that planting was not that he sowed seed. He actually cultivated crops. And in that same year, he reaped a hundredfold. Where did the water to get a hundredfold come from? It was from the word, stay in the land. You see, when God told him, stay in the land, that was all Isaac needed to break famine. What you need to break poverty is not the many things you are doing. You know, you know we like to hustle. You hear there's cryptocurrency. You are doing cryptocurrency. Forex, you are not sleeping again. Say, we must make it. We must make it. We must make it. Now, you are doing Forex at night. Eh? Then, where they employed you, you are now sleeping during the day. You see how you are not going to make it. And this is a word of knowledge for someone. Eh? You are doing trading throughout the night. Doing all night trading because you want to sack your boss. Then, where they now employ you that they are paying you monthly, you now go there and sleep. They will soon sack you. Are you following? It's not by hustling. I'm not saying you shouldn't do any of these things. I'm not saying it's wrong, but get my point. It's not by trying to try many things. It's the blessing of the Lord that makes rich and added no sorrow. The first thing you need to do is, Lord, what would you have me do? And you spend time on the word. Then you begin to meditate. And faith is built up. If faith is not built in your heart, you will struggle in this world. Hmm? Even, even the foreign economies, you read the news, they are suffering inflation. Right? The UK inflation has gone the highest since how many years? Ghana inflation is 40%. My friend was telling me yesterday. I don't know where our beloved country is. <laughs> eh? Are you seeing how things in the market are changing every day? Praise the name of the Lord. How do you think we're going to overcome? And some people just put their faith that when a good government comes, you can be disappointed. Your faith of survival is in the Word of God. Because of all men, men are still men. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Do we want good government? Yes. Do we want good governance? Perfect. But if that's where your faith is, you'll be disappointed. After four years, you'll be disappointed. After eight years, you'll be disappointed. There's no Messiah except Jesus. <laughs> so, the good thing for you now is do all the things you have to do in the natural, but go to the well and take your bucket and start drawing for your own bucket. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And that is why 
when they began to fight over the wells. You know what Isaac did? Eh? You know what Isaac did? God. The life God gave to you. Do you understand this? That's why Jacob didn't fight over Isaac didn't fight over those wells. That's why listen to this, listen to this, listen to this, listen to this. The presence of strife in your life is that you have not built faith. That's why Abraham didn't fight fight Lot. I mean, Lot, Isaac, my friend, chose where you want to go. He's the eldest. You don't fight for things in your life when you know it's by faith. Lot looked up and saw a, a green valley. He said, ah, I choose this side. Abraham says, listen, listen, because this thing is from the spirit. If you go to the left, I will go to the right. If you go to the right, I will go to the left. What gave Abraham that confidence? God had told him, I will make your name great. And whatever Sodom chose, we saw, whatever Lot chose, we saw it. Eh? And Isaac, strife came. Isaac walked away. Strife came. Isaac walked away. At the end, the nation came to make peace with him. All these, uh, anywhere my enemies are, your enemies are factored in the blessing. They are factored in it. Their, pre- their absence and their presence makes no difference. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All this trying to keep people in your life that God is telling you to leave is low self-esteem. Eh? You are running after men, running after people running after relationships you are just everywhere you are trying to connect your life say your network is networks if you don't have network stop listening to motivation carry bible you are a christian you quote jesus quote socrates quote buddha quote mohammed quote um, uh, owner of facebook quote dangote who are you get scriptures and build your life you will be strife free don't fight for anything. No struggles. No, no struggles. Nothing. No pressure. And the reason we are doing warfare against enemies all the time is because we secure this thing with our own hands. So we, we have to fight to keep it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, certain times in your life when certain struggles come, you can just say, God, you sent me here. Whatever the battle is, sort it out. You just go and sleep. Praise the name of the Lord. Are you blessed today? Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We give you praise and glory. We ask, Father God, that faith will be built in our hearts. Give us the discipline to just feed on the word. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Alright, we want to do something very quickly. Um, let me have the... Let's, let's take our offerings first. We've got like five minutes, so we'll get it done in five minutes. Let's receive our offerings first. Let's give first. Then let me have those items. Uh, let, let's give first. So on the 28th of September, there's a zonal law feast. So uh, zonal leaders will tell you how to go about that. We're just going to have a brief, very brief zonal meeting now when, we, when we're done. Let's pray over our offerings. Father, we thank you for seeds in our hands. We release the spirit of prosperity and increase. In Jesus' mighty name we pray.
Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.